What's up? It's Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, and my rock scene is a crazy, busy whirlwind of drumming, music, and playing. Uh, I was born in in '67. In fact, I was born the day that the Beatles finished Sgt. Pepper, so it was a, a perfect synergy <laughs> being passed from them to into my life. And uh, I grew up a rock fan from day one. My dad was a disc jockey for a rock station in California, so I grew up surrounded by the Beatles, The Who, The Stones, Zeppelin, Hendrix, The Doors. I mean, I was turned on to, you know, classic rock from day one. And, uh, you know, I was the only seven-year-old kid with, you know, 500 records and, you know, buying all the rock magazines. So I was definitely a rock kid in the, in the early 70s. And, uh, you know, throughout the 70s, I was into, you know, Zeppelin and The Who were big for me, Pink Floyd. And then, uh, then came Kiss, and Kiss was my, my biggest band, you know, when I was uh, a little kid. And uh, I used to pick up all the magazines and, and just, you know, I was in the Kiss Army. And, you know, I saw them on the Love Gun Tour in 1977 at Madison Square Garden, and that was like the concert that like changed my life. And I knew I wanted to be a musician, and I started playing drums, uh, you know, early on. But I got my first drum set in, in 1977, which was the same year I saw Kiss. Turned my life around. Right. Dream Theater started in '85, and uh, you know, at the time when Dream Theater started, we were just a reaction to what was lacking in our favorite bands. You know, we grew up listening to progressive rock bands like Rush and Yes and Genesis, who were in the '80s were doing pop synthesizer short song, you know, radio hits. So we were we wanted to do the more prog technical side of those bands, but in the 80s we were also listening to metal bands that were coming around like Priest and Maiden and obviously Sabbath had been around for many many years at that point and bands like Metallica were just coming around so Dream Theater was formed as a kind of reaction to try to combine progressive music and metal music but if I look back now I gotta say I think the 80s might have been the worst period of, of, of music for rock in the history of rock you know the 60s was awesome, the 70s was awesome in its own way, you know, you had a little disco period, but, but for the most part you had classic prog rock and you had punk and you had cool classic rock in the 70s. And then, uh, you know, the 90s was, was metal and alternative and grunge, but man, the 80s was pretty bad. At the time, the hair bands looked like it was, you know, you know, a sign of the times, but now when you look back, if you watch like Metal Mania, whatever, on VH1 Classic, it's really embarrassing. And, uh, you know, the metal bands were the whole hair, hair glam scene, which now looks so dated. But then even, like I said, progressive rock was doing all synthy, radio-oriented stuff. And, uh, and even like, uh, you know, mainstream rock, you know, it was the heyday of MTV. MTV was just coming around, so you had all like the Haircut 100s and Wall of Voodoo and Flock of Seagulls and, you know, just th this whole wave of uh, new wave. And, you know, I guess at the time it seemed like it was just a natural progression of music, but now in retrospect, I think it was a pretty weak era for music. Thank God for bands like Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, the whole thrash scene, as far as I'm concerned, the thrash scene and the metal world that came out of that was the, the, the saving grace of the 80s for me. You know, a band like Dream Theater, which was not a hair metal band. We were, in fact, the, the complete polar opposite. We were about, like, you know, the music and the musicianship and just fucking playing our asses off. That's what we were about. 
we weren't about an image. We were a total lack of image. In fact, we still are. We're still totally out of place. And our audience are musicians, and that's that's always going to be there. But in the 80s, you know, we stuck out like a sore thumb. You know, all these other bands that were playing the club scene on Long Island where we grew up, you know, you had the Danger Dangers and, and all those type of bands that were really cashing in on that scene and doing well as part of that scene. And we, you know, we were starting Dream Theater in that scene, but I felt a more kinship to the thrash scene that was going on at that time. You know, you had, you had your threat, the thrash scene and the glam scene, and my allegiance was definitely to the thrash world. Early 90s, it was 91, 92, before we finally felt some mainstream success, and I think that was because the industry was kind of, you know, the whole grunge thing was coming in, and we were kind of an alternative to alternative, so I think that's why we did okay. The future of rock, it, it's scary. I mean, some of the bands that are playing now, I mean, the bar of musicianship is going to all new levels. I mean, I think when Dream Theater started, people pointed to us like, wow, those guys are good musicians, you know, that, wow, look what they're doing. You know, it was kind of like doing what Rush was doing in the 70s, but now, I mean, what we do now, we feel like antique dinosaurs compared to what kids are doing today. You know, the, the music scene out there now, the, the drumming and the guitar playing. You go onto YouTube and there's like 10-year-old guitar players playing Yngwie stuff. And, you know, these. I just saw an 11-year-old girl drummer from, um, uh, where was she from? From Indonesia. 11-year-old little girl playing Dream Theater songs, playing my drum parts. It's sick. It's absolutely scary, the level of musicianship of what's going on now. The bar just keeps rising and rising. Cool. Hey, what's up? It's Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, hanging right here on rockscene.com, your place for all the coolest stuff that's going on in the rock scene.